So I'm very excited to welcome the funnier than you, his hair is better than you, his sense of humor is better than you, the all-around amazing Hendrix uh, comedy, uh, Friendly Frank. You can see him at Umami Burger. He's an amazing host. Um, he brings in the energy while not losing who he is. Um, he's somebody that I look up to as somebody who's hosting and emceeing for such a long time. Very excited to welcome Friendly Frank. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? Doing wonderful. How about yourself? Doing awesome. So can you tell us, for those of us listening who can't see your amazing hair, he looks like Jimi Hendrix, or um, who's that guy? The uh, painter dude in the 70s who's like, there's no mistakes. You just oh. know the black version of that yeah, guy. Yeah, the black, black Bob Ross. Yeah, Bob Ross. Exactly. So can you tell us what hair care products you use? Um, well, I, I use, um, some stay soft pro, um, some olive oil, juices and berries, and then some secret ingredients I can't talk about. Wow. How can I get my hair like yours? How many years do you think it'll take? Um, <laughs> um, wow. I don't know. <laughs> you have to go through uh, you have to go to a really good stylist to get it like this. You have mm -hmm. to have, it has to be curly. Okay. It has to be curly. Okay. I'll worry about that later. So how did you get started in comedy? Um, basically I was born and I was born <laughs> in a year where, um, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of, well, I shouldn't say I didn't have a lot of choices, but comedy seemed to suit me. It, it's more natural than it is anything else. And I like to like people around me. I like to make people happy, but I like to be real at the same time too. So mm -hmm. it started so from, from the time I came out of my mother's womb. Wow. So, do you remember the first time somebody told you you were funny? Um, I don't know, probably when I was a kid, little kid. Even before school, people thought that I was funny. And, I mean, it's just something, I guess, natural. Mm. So... Were you like the class clown growing up? Like how how were you like in school? Um yeah, I was a little bit of the class clown, but um also um comedy is a good way to diffuse bully. Yeah. Were so, you were you bullying? Um, or did you bully other oh, people? Yeah. I feel like I, was, I feel like <laughs> Well, to be fair, be fair, yeah, I was bullied, but a lot of times bullyism rolls downhill. You get bullied, so then you bully other people until you know better. So, um, you know, that's that's pretty much. I, I used to I used to joke my way out of punches. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's better so, than Gandhi. Gandhi was like starving himself and like being all weird, but you joked about it. So I think that's a better way. Well, to... you know, if I, you know, if I was built like, you know, the rock, I would yeah. probably pound some more people than to try to make jokes about it. But, you know, I had to work with what I had. And at the time I was um, short and real thin and had big eyes and my voice was about the same pitch as Mickey Mouse. Really? Because your voice is so like, it's like a singing voice now. So is it yeah, possible well, to I, work on your voice or you just hit like puberty and you know, the voice? Oh uh, yeah, puberty helped. That helped a lot. But I I know how to work with the ranges that I that you know that I go with. Yeah, because you have an amazing voice when you're MC, and I think that's overlooked a little bit. Like just having a good voice, it helps a lot. It, it, I think it the audience enjoys it more, and they don't even know why. You know. Well, I mean, there's certain. Mm, there's certain things that you do and, and, you know, hosting, you, you have to learn certain things as far as keeping the audience's attention on, you know, the next comic that's coming up and there's a way to project your voice and get their attention. And so that makes it, I mean, it makes it so you don't have to work as hard as working mm. smart rather than hard right so what are your thoughts on emceeing because like i've seen you perform you're amazing you bring in the energy you energize the crowd so like what's it like in your head when you're hosting well the funny thing is um i always hated being first hmm. and as you know if you're the host you're the first one up and right. when I first started, when I first started comedy, um, I used to um, do contests, and you know I do shows where you pick your number out of bowl, and out of ten times I had to do that, I would always pull number one. Wow, it's this destiny. Year, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I used to get so angry about it. Why? It like, well, why? Why? Because I didn't know that much uh, about comedy. And I felt like, oh, I want the crowd warmed up for me before, you know, before I get, you know, go out there. And it, it, it made me pay more attention to um, the audience and listening to other people you know, taking a step back and, and looking at, okay, these are the people that you're performing for. Um, so this is what, you know, this is what you have to do to, you know, um, to get them on your side. Because part of hosting is, you know, people, especially with comedy, people are going to find, you're going to find out that, usually the first 10 to 30 seconds whether they're going to like you or not mm. and you have to be able to be friendly you have to be um, 
you have to have enough personality for them to be curious on, hey, this guy, what, what's this guy about, you know? And you want them to basically, when you're the host, you're inviting them to get in the van and take a ride with you. So that, that's basically, you know, that's basically what you do as a host. So because I think you do a really good job because you look okay because people that I work with they've told me like you don't look like you do stand-up comedy and I understand you know I understand what they're really saying but you look so different you know what I mean and whatever like racism misogyny who cares right it's all hilarious <laughs> so like you look so different from most of the people there I almost feel like I'm transported to like the seventies just by you being in the room. So like, how do you maintain your individuality and be likable? Because you just managed to do that. So do you feel like you have any tips on like establishing likability or is just something that you are, or you can't work on it. Like how do you manage being likable and super distinct as a comic? Well, I mean, I think the the real thing is you have to you have to be yourself and you have to have a certain amount of comfort in being yourself. Um, you know, some people, uh, you know, some people do characters in order, you know, and you see him and you go, that guy is the same on stage as he is off stage. But some people might think of it as being lazy. I just found that um in order for me to do what I wanted to do, I had to be pretty much myself or a, mm. um, a, a acceptable version of myself that isn't that far reach from what I really am. And that I can be comfortable with. Mm. So how would you I, I tell, just, yeah. Sorry, go I ahead. I tell people that, Friendly Frank is my personality condom that I wear for their protection. It's 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 just for the audience protection. It makes it a little easier on them. I see. So, how would you describe who Friendly Frank is in your own words? Just a human being trying. That's all. I see. Because I feel yep. like, can I tell you what my thoughts are on Friendly Frank? Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Cuz I feel like you are <laughs> be interesting. <laughs> because I feel like you're obviously like you know you host a PG-13 mic, right? Which I think is really commendable because it's hard for me to tone down my comedy to that level and it's actually harder to be a clean comic. And you're obviously a ladies man. This is this is my perception, right? You're obviously a ladies man, but you want to keep the show going and it's funny because like you will talk to the people on the other side of the wall, like, it's like, hey, come on to the show. And then you'll, like, talk to audience members and you'll interact with them. But you still have that sense of, like, you're the host. But I do feel like you're, like, more of a ladies, ladies man type of dude. And, um, and uh, you have the whole, um, how should I say this? You're like a musician in a way. I don't know how to explain this other than that. Yeah. Well, well, that makes sense. But I mean, part of it is, 
doing it for so long and how long have you been doing it by the way yeah you're a veteran in comedy yeah yeah i've been doing it out here for um in orange county california for about 12 years wow but incredible originally started i originally started in st louis and how is that that serious but i Oh, it was, I mean, it was cool, but, you know, it was, I was doing it where I was born, where, where I grew up, and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, it was like, man, you got to make it to California, if, you know, if you really want to try to yeah. do something with this. But For sure. I never forget, I used to do the, the funny bone at Westport. St. Louis. I think it's still around, but it was a good wow. comedy club. It was a good place, good place to learn and and cut your teeth. That's awesome. So, do you remember what your first set was like? Like how you felt going up? Were you nervous at all? Oh no, wasn't. I wasn't nervous. I mean, because see, the you for me, you have to be doing. And everybody's different. It, right. it, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's going to take a different path. My path was I knew I was funny. I, I'm, I'm naturally mm-hmm. funny. Right. Even when mm-hmm. I didn't try to be funny. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. My, first, my first set um, was good. I got applause. People thought I was funny. They, they wanted me to come back. So my thing was to be funny and at least, you know, at least sometimes comedy is the best way to slip information to people, especially information that they might take, you know, bitterly or, you know, take offense to. If you can make them laugh or see it from a different side or even see it through the eyes of a guy with an afro, that makes it, you know, that makes it a little easier for them to take the message that's I'm so glad you brought that up so um what what are your favorite topics to discuss on stage well you know I don't know I mean anything yeah you talk about a lot of things yeah you talk about a lot Mm -hmm. yeah I like to talk about a lot of current events I like to talk about um you know the human condition, just being, you know, just being human, the challenge with that. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be a comic, you know, you got to write jokes that you can use. You know, you write enough jokes, your jokes are your ammo. That's your, your, your you know, and you can pull from that. So if I, you know, if I'm on stage and there's salesmen, I got jokes, you know, for salesmen. If there's people that are, you know, older audience and they're more political, I got, you know, I got jokes for that. And it, it takes you as a comic, you know, and not everybody does this. Some people just stick to the script. This is my set. This is what I'm going to say. But I also will listen to the people that go, you know, comics that go up before me. I, I listen and hear what the audience is reacting to and sometimes I tweak my set 
because, okay, oh, these guys, they like, you know, they like the political jokes or they like the sex jokes. But, you know, when you're doing a, when you're hosting a PG-13 comedy show, the, the trick is to keep it PG-13, but allow the audience to make the dirtiness in their own heads. So I don't have to say it, you know? That's genius. You just, you just yeah. I just take the picture in their head, and it's not my fault you thought that, because I stopped. <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, you make it dirty in your head. So that's, and that's part of the fun of it, too, because everybody has a different thought, and they all have different smiles on their faces when I say that. That's awesome, because one of my favorite things about you hosting, because you'll say, huh, yeah, and then, like, everyone draws their own conclusions, so I, I, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. So um, what, uh, what advice would you have for, like, beginning comedians who are first starting out, first starting out hosting? Uh, what would you tell them? Um, be yourself. Um, you know, they say it takes five to ten years to find your comedy voice, but, you know, um, I would say the most important thing is to be yourself. You know, there's only one Eddie Murphy, there's only one Patrice O'Neill, only one George Carlin, there's only one Bill Cosby, um, only one Richard Pryor and if you're gonna to me if you're gonna make it in comedy you have to be able to set yourself apart from you know everybody else you know that's that's doing comedy and the best way to do that is there's only one you there's only one you know Leland you know well, right. only you Actually, there's right. a million of us because it's a Chinese name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that when I said that. Wait a minute. At least a million. Yeah, at least a million. <laughs> the only one that knows English well enough to do this podcast. Hopefully, we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, you uh, you kind of brought up comedians. So, like, who's your favorite comedian? Top three are um, Bill Cosby, Richard Pryor, and George Carlin. All old school. I mean, I like I like some of the I like the new comics. I, I like mm -hmm. the comics that that are different mm -hmm. and that actually have something. You know, the ones I really like are the ones that have something to say. And they have say, when you mean to say, yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, you know, you talk. They can talk about injustice. They can talk about religion. They can talk about politics. And somebody might get butt hurt, but they don't take offense of to it because they know that comic. And you know, a lot of times they actually appreciate what they're saying because they never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. So. Those are the ones, I mean, but, you know, I, you know, 
comics that are real good at telling stories. There's some comics that uh, set up punchline. There's some guys that are real good at doing impressions or doing act out. And, you know, usually, um, usually, you know, I like the people that, that take the approach. They'll use a combination of those things. That's amazing. And, um, you performed alongside Aziz and Craig Robinson and Brad Garrett. So what was that experience like? Oh, it was, I mean, it was really cool. I worked at the Irvine Improv for 10 years. I was the door guy, door host. And, um, anytime they needed somebody to fill in, um, to host the show or, 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 you know, feature, um, you know, someone would get sick, tired, you know, they don't want to delay the show, so I got a lot of opportunities, that's part of the reason why I wanted to work at a comedy club, so that I could make those connections and have those opportunities, but, um, it was, it was a lot of work, I mean, a lot of times I would find out five minutes before the show that, oh, shoot, uh, hey, the the host is caught in traffic. We need you to host the show. I had always learned to be ready. Always be ready. Okay. Never say no. That's awesome. So can you share with us, like, because you have to think on the fly all the time. You have prepared jokes. You have a good balance between, like, your improv and just what you prepare have you ever had like a very hostile audience or hecklers and how did you deal with them oh yeah 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 i remember um and and this was when i was still learning comedy but um i remember i did a show at the huntington beach yacht club and i i get there early and there's nobody there except for the bartender and young white chick. And as soon as I walked in, she goes, oh, you must be part of the entertainment. And I go, I go, yeah. I said, why'd you say that? Because if she goes, well, um, don't see a lot of brothers come in the Huntington Beach Yacht Club. And I, she told me that the audience for the show is predominantly conservative and Republican. She said it was one lady, she'll have uh, uh, blue hair and she'll be wearing a pink sweater. She said, they said she's the, she's the only Democrat in the whole audience. Mm-hmm. And at the time I did a joke, um, it was Obama and Hillary in the primary and you know, they were battling to see, you know, who would be, you know, who would get the, the slot. And my joke, I thought, was hilarious. And I was going to do it anyway, regardless of the um, regardless of the audience. The joke was, um, wow, you know, got the election coming up and the, and the primaries. It's like, wow, you know. This is a historic moment. I said, uh, this is the first time in America where white 
men want to see a black man feed a white woman. That was the joke. <laughs> That's hilarious. They didn't laugh at all? Are you serious? There were eight people and the lady in the pink sweater that laughed at that joke. Everybody else was stone-faced. They didn't clap. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I knew I shouldn't have done that joke. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway, and I, I would have done it again. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. you, you live and you learn. That's awesome. I love that. I think that's hilarious. I think they're stupid for not laughing. So that's, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm an Asian woman. So whenever I walk to a comedy club, I'm pretty much the only person who looks like me most of the time, if not the only performer. So do you feel like, like, how do you deal with like making fun of, um, I guess, okay. Just from my own personal experience, I've done some very edgy stuff and I've noticed the audience doesn't laugh at all. Like kind of similar to you, like I know the joke is funny, but they're not laughing because of who they are. Um, do you have any advice for like, um, I guess not, like I guess minority comedians dealing with any sort of like, I don't even want to say it's racism. I think it's just knowing your audience. Do you have any advice for the minority do you know what i mean i don't know how to phrase it um in a proper way but well i think i think you have to and this is what a lot of comics forget comedy is sales that's all it is sales you're selling the audience that you're funny and you're selling them on the idea that what you're saying is funny so what you have to do, you're the product, so what you have to do is make them believe or know that you're funny. Hmm. And if you say something that maybe they're a little uncomfortable about, then acknowledge that. You know, I, I do it all the time. You know, I'll, I'll do a joke and... and you know, the audience will get, you know, quiet, especially, you know, if I have maybe a joke that has some racial overtones to it or, you know, like that. And I, I'll i even play with them as far as that goes because sometimes they'll tighten up. And I always talk about, hey, Orange County, don't tighten up your, your assholes on me, okay? I've seen you walk in here, you guys act like you got a stick up your ass. I'm like, look, friendly Frank's jokes are either going to pull that stick out or shove it in a lot deeper, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. And, I love that. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, I even say, hey, look, if you guys tighten up on me one more time, I'm going to take a knee and hum the national anthem. And then, you know, then they, you know, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What? I know what he's saying, you know, and then they yeah. think that I'm a little Kaepernick, you know, so <laughs> it goes with the territory. That's so good. So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you shared with this with us because when you're on stage and you're the host, obviously you have authority over like 
you have the control of the room, right? So can you share with us, like, is there any sort of comedian etiquette you would like people to know? Like, what kind of things com comics do piss you off that you wish they would do less of? And what are comics that you think are fun working with? Well, to be fair, I do a PG-13 open mic, which there is no such thing as a PG-13 open right. mic. <laughs> open right. mic are so that you can be free to say whatever the fuck you want to say and or do. And with my show, yeah, you, there's rules. In the mall, in Irvine, and so, you know, there's kids walking by, and I, I you know, I know that rule. I respect that rule. And for comics, the most important thing is know the rules, respect the rules, and if you're gonna if you're gonna go beyond those rules, if you're gonna break those rules, you better be damn funny when you do it, mm -hmm. okay? Because you can you can if it's funny, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of time asking for forgiveness. You know, they're like, Oh shit, that was funny. But if it's not funny, then you gotta spend a lot of time and you know, sometimes all it takes one time, you know, uh, for someone to mess up and, you know, they're like, okay, I'll remember that. I'll remember the next time I see that person or I have a show, that person not on the show, you know. So wow. know the rules, respect the rules, and, you know, and respect the room, you know. Uh, be nice to the people that, um, you know, that put on the show. I see a lot of comics that sometimes, you know, they're talking about the place that's doing the comedy show. We do a lot of open mics, and there's shows at bars and restaurants and stuff like that. And, you know, if someone, if you're invited or you're, you're attending, you know, an open mic, you know, there's, there's no reason to me to to down talk the place that that's providing you a place to do your joke. So that's that's probably the the biggest thing. You know, just mm -hmm. just common respect. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, cuz I cuz I think I see it, but I don't know how to verbalize it, so I'm glad that you were able to um explain that really well. So, um what is it like living in Irvine for you? What do you think of Irvine? I love Irvine. It's a safe city. It's clean. It's quiet. Not a lot of drama. Um, you know, because there's not a lot of brothers in Irvine. You know, I'm kind of like the black unicorn. You know, um, it's fun and it can be, you know, it can be a little um, testing, you know, because because there's not a lot of brothers, people react differently, you know, sometimes in a positive way, sometimes in a negative way. And you, you, I have to take a step back and understand, well, you know, maybe they're that way because of this. Mm -hmm. They don't have a lot of interactions 
with people that look like me. Um, you know, most of the time it's not negative, but it's people not being themselves, you know, and that's one thing that you, a, a lot of times you can tell right out, you know, it's like, Hey brother, how you doing brother? If you are speaking to me and within the first minute you say brother five times, then I'm thinking, okay, you full of shit because nobody says brother. Not even brothers say brothers. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So exactly. you try too hard. Just be yourself, you know? I see. Yeah, that's a great, great one. So um, how – let me see. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened at Umami Burger that you feel okay saying? Um, craziest. There's been a few crazy, yeah, there's been, we've been doing the show almost five years, four and a half years. Probably one of my favorite craziest things that happened was, um, usually I guarantee the first 20, they go up. After 20, is there's a, a maybe line. After 20, everybody else is a maybe. And I do that so it's fair to the people that get there early that can pick right. their spot mm -hmm. on the list. And uh, when I first, the first year I started doing the show, you know, sometimes because it used to be on Wednesday nights and there wasn't a lot of shows on Wednesdays. So sometimes I would have 25, 30 comics that would sign up for the show. And one night I had a guy, um, white guy with his girlfriend, and he came to watch the show. And he was like, hey, my girlfriend wants to come up and tell a couple of jokes. And the show was already, you know, the show was already started. And I said, well, you know what? You can come back next week, get on the, you know, sign-up sheet. She goes out at. 7.45, his show starts at 8.30. Um, and, you know, she can come in. And he was like, no, she really wants to go up now. And I was like, hey, man, uh, I'm sorry, I can't do that. And so the guy reaches into his wallet and he pulls out a $100 bill. He says, can you get my girlfriend up if I give you this and I was like how do you say your name how you spell it how do you pronounce it you know yeah we can and you know what I think maybe we can make a way for her and he gave me a hundred bucks and she went up there and I think she said fuck once she didn't try to but she was new but I mean I was like damn a hundred dollar bill and she didn't even do the whole three minutes so that was that was pretty crazy, but um, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here. <laughs> keep keep that going. No, that, doesn't that does not happen all the time. That was one time. <laughs> Sometimes I got friends that you know they'll be at the improv performing and they'll come next door and they'll do a they'll do a set for um, PG thirteen. You know PG thirteen. So, um, so that, 
you know, that's pretty cool when, you know, a comic stops in and is like, whoa, I didn't expect, you know, I didn't expect to do Grant Cotter or, you know, whoever the comic is, um, Elliot Chang. Um, I've, had, I've had quite a few comics that, you know, just, they're just cool and they wanted to try. Ty Bar- Barnett um, did a spot um, at my show. And I've known Ty from working at the Improv. And I think I hosted a show or, or was on a show with him. And he was like, hey, man, um, can, can I do some time at your open mic? And I was like, sure. And I was excited that, you know, he wanted to do my, my show. I forgot to tell him that it was PG-13. And... Ty is pretty clean, but it was like, oh, 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 oh. Ah, I forgot to tell you. And in the audience, anytime someone breaks the rule, everybody looked at me to see what my reaction <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to be. So, oh, look, he said the word you're not supposed to say. So that was, you know, that was pretty crazy, but that was fun. That's awesome. So if you had to start all over again, what would you do differently? Or if you would do anything differently? Ooh, that's a tough question because um, I've thought about that a lot. And I know that um, I probably, you know, I'm probably in the right space and time now. To, to be able to handle comedy, because if I if I had found any kind of success twenty years ago, I wouldn't be, be mature enough to handle it, you know. And um, I probably end up either an alcoholic, a drug abuser, or um, probably dead, or just you know, burnt out, not funny, because I, I don't think that I was mature enough to handle it then, and I think that, you know, now, you know, you, you see enough, you, you've you experienced enough where, you know, for me, me, my personal journey, because everybody's journey is different, for me, I think there's not a whole bunch at all that I would change um, sometimes, you know, that's, that's a very good question because I, I fight with myself sometimes, um, thinking, well, would you have done that different? And if you'd done that different, would you have learned that lesson, you know, or yeah, absolutely. if you've done that different, you met that person, you know, so sometimes, sometimes whether you like it or not, you're where you're supposed to that's doing what you're supposed to do that's solid advice so thank you so much for being on the show can you tell us if we want to book you if we want to stalk you how can we um how can we get in touch with you um you can find me on instagram friendly frank comedy on instagram um also, a website uh, in case instagram shuts down forever friendly frank comedy.com um I'm in a dispute with my uh, web 
web tech guys. So um, I think there's there's probably shows from April that are still on there. Mm. Wow! <laughs> but the easiest way to get a hold of me is uh, Instagram. Okay. Uh, um, Instagram, okay. or you can find me on Facebook. Awesome. So thank you so much again, Frank. You can catch his amazing Afro and his comedy, I Will Mommy Burger, um, in Irvine on um, Thursday. Oh, I do a podcast, too. I'm sorry? I do a podcast. Oh, what's your podcast? Yeah, plug your podcast. What's your podcast? It's called Picking Up Strangers. It's about me. Oh. I drive Uber. And it's about my adventures of driving around Orange County with an Afro. Um, picking up strings. Awesome. Is it is it on iTunes? Can we find it? Just yeah. typing anywhere, in anywhere you, you find uh, a podcast called Picking Up Strangers. It's me and a friend of mine used to work at the Improv, Mike Macias, and it's a good show. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate your gems of wisdom that you shared with us. I think only you could have phrased it so eloquently thank you so much again frank i really appreciate it everyone go follow him follow him follow him thank you so much and uh we will talk to you soon all right